Hi, Mr. English. How are you doing tonight? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for calling into this. I'm uh, I'm really excited to speak with you. Well, thank you. Thank you. I understand this is the 50th, 40th or 50th anniversary. Uh, this will be, so this is the 40th year of the Mavericks franchise, but I, I believe they're going to be celebrating it, um, net, celebrating like an official full 40 years of Mavericks basketball next season once the 40th season is completed. Okay. Yeah. So, um, okay. but I, you know, I'm, I, I've been spending the, the last two years um, talking to, to former Mavericks. Um, I've really enjoyed it. But, you know, I, I'm thrilled to be speaking to you. You're the first Hall of Famer I've had on, on my show. So I'm, I can't tell you how thrilled I am to speak with you. Well, thank you. Do the Mavericks have any Hall of Famers? Um, so you're one of four that I know of, of Hall of Famers that played in Dallas. There's yourself, okay. Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, and Dennis Rodman. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Dennis Rodman. <laughs> Yes, he was briefly okay. here um, about almost 20 years ago now, but he, he was briefly here for a little while. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, usually I, I spend um, these episodes just learning more about former Mavericks and, and their basketball journey and, and their, their time in Dallas and, and what they're doing now. So, you know, one of, okay. the first, one of the first things I wanted to ask you about is growing up in South Carolina – um, you know, what got you attracted to the sport of basketball? Well, I, I, I didn't get started into basketball till later. Uh, a lot of kids start young. I didn't start until I was probably in the sixth grade. Oh, wow. Getting, having an interest in it. And, you know, we, we, were, we were very poor, so we had to find ways to entertain ourselves. And one of the things that we did, we, we played all the sports, every sport, whatever, whatever uh season was in we played that sport whether it was baseball football or basketball so i uh you know i i started playing that way and i found that i i liked the game and i would play it more than i played the other sports but i loved football too mm-hmm. um so i as i got older i think 7th 8th grade i played uh in junior high school and didn't get to play much. I was uh, very still growing into my body, so I was kind of awkward and wasn't uh, wasn't that good of a player. So I, I didn't get a chance to play much in on my team in the eighth grade. As I uh, got older and got uh, got taller, uh, and was more determined to be a better basketball player, I worked hard in the summertime and. Mm-hmm. I, I did a lot of that, and I got better. So by the time I got to the ninth grade, I was uh, playing, playing more, and playing, and playing uh, on my varsity. And yeah. I, I was doing a little bit of internet research on you, and I, I think I found something I wanted to ask you about. Is it, if it was true? Is it true that you learned how to shoot from your school principal? I did. I did. I had a. <laughs> That's neat. Uh, what happened was, what happened was, we played in the state championship in my junior year, and uh, we played this team that had a lot of big guys, and I wasn't able to get shoot my shot over them, so uh, I kept getting my shot blocked. And 
my high school principal. After that was over, we lost the state championship. I was in the gym working out one day, and my principal came in. And, you know, he smoked a pipe, so he just stood over there with this pipe, and he watched me work out. And, <laughs> and uh, then he stopped me and said, you know, I was just thinking, if you were to shoot the ball more like this and up higher, then, you know, it would probably be more effective. So I, I worked on perfecting that shot and, and trying to get my release off at the very last minute of my at the tip of my height, uh, then releasing the ball, using more risks than anything else. That's that's really cool to hear. And uh, yeah, I, I saw that when, like I said, when I was doing some research and I thought that I just thought that was a, a neat, a neat fact. Um, so in your, in your high school career in South Carolina, were there any future NBA players that, that you played against at that time of your career? In high school, yes. Uh, Clyde Mays, that championship game I was talking about, he was the one blocking my shot. Oh, wow. Uh, he was from the upper state and, you know, he, their team was the best team from the upper state and they came to play us and, uh, you know, he was only about six five, but he was long, and he he kept blocking my shot, and that's how, you know, I I started working on my shot just from what he did to me. But you know, it's ironic that after that, after we both went to college, played against each other in college, we ended up playing for the Milwaukee Bucks the same year, <laughs> and I made the team, and he got cut. Ah, uh, wow, that's that's. Interesting how it came full circle like that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That's, I, I enjoy hearing things like that. So once you finished your, your high school career, what was the, the decision process that led to you to go to University of South Carolina? Did you just want to stay home um, in, in your hometown? I wanted to stay home. I, I got a chance to visit other schools, but I wanted to stay home because at that time, uh, the race relations in South Carolina was not good. And South Carolina had had only one other player, one other scholarship basketball player other than myself, Casey Mannington, Casey Manning, who ended up being my, my roommate. And I wanted to stay to encourage other African-American players to come and, and join the university, to stay in the state and help uplift the university. So, I stayed, and after after me, there were like a flood of uh, African, more African American players from the city of Columbia that came to play. So it was a positive thing. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it would have been a, a positive experience for you. So I know yeah. you were there all four years. Finished up in 1976, and you began your your career in the NBA. And obviously, prior to your time in, in Denver, you spent some time in Milwaukee and Indiana. And you know, like I said, I've been doing this for about two years. And I think uh, I was trying to see if there's any of your former teammates throughout your career that I've done episodes with. And I think there's only two, but one of them is one of your, he ended up playing for the Mavericks later, but he was a teammate of yours in Indiana, Joe Hassett. I did an episode with him at one point. Yeah, Joe Hassett. Yes. And you know, I I played my last year in Dallas in the NBA and mm-hmm. you know, got to be friends with Rolando Blackman and uh, James Donaldson and uh, Roy Tarkley and uh, that Lever came there as well and Rodney mm-hmm. McCray. So 
we had some good players there, Randy White. Um, I don't think we had the right coach, though. That's interesting. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, I mean, obviously about your Mavericks experience, but um, prior to that, I wanted to speak a little bit about Denver because, you know, that's where you really cemented yourself and became, you know, an eight-time all-star and scored more points than anyone, I believe, in the whole decade of the 80s, which I, I wasn't aware of mm-hmm. until uh, until I was doing more research on you. Um, but, you know, I just wanted to speak mm-hmm. in general about that time of your career. Um, you know, the, the 1980s in the Western Conference was extremely competitive you were I would say probably the Nuggets Lakers the Mavs and the Rockets were probably the most successful teams of the 80s Utah Utah, yeah Utah as well and Utah Um, as well yeah what are some of your your memories about going up uh, against guys like Hakeem Olajuwon Magic Johnson Malone and Stockton and then obviously against um, those great Mavs teams of the 80s as well well, it was always a fun, exciting time during that period for me because every night I was going against some of the great players in uh, NBA history. And, you know, that era was probably the greatest era for NBA basketball. You look at that 10-year span and you probably got pretty much half of the NBA, half of the Hall of Famers that they have are from that era. So it was uh, it was it was great. It was, the competition was just awesome, off the chart, you know. Because one night I would be playing against Larry Bird and Kevin McHale and that group in Boston, and then the next night it could be James Worthy and uh, Magic and Kareem out in L.A. And follow that up has got the the, the, the Rockets with Ralph Sampson and Olajuwon and and that crew and. And then the other teams that were just as good and a lot of quality, like Utah with Malone and Stockton, Mm -hmm. Uh, Atlanta with Dominique Wilkins and and Daddy Roundfield and Tree Rollins, and, you know, San Antonio Spurs with uh, Mike Mitchell, George Gervin. It was so many great players, so many great players that I enjoyed playing against at uh, I, I would deem that that was the greatest era of NBA basketball at 10 years span. Yeah, I would probably agree. You know, it was a little bit before my time. I was born in 1986, but, you know, I've been following the NBA since I was a little kid. And just in, in terms of some of those guys that, you know, crossed over into the 90s and just in all of my research and watching videos throughout throughout my life, I, I would say the 80s was definitely a uh, – a special time. I wish I, I could have been able to yeah. uh, to enjoy it as a fan. So obviously, in your time in Denver, you were very successful individually with and had some team success as well. I wanted to see if you had any particular memories of that that 1988 playoff series against the Mavericks. I know Denver lost in six games, but you played extremely well um, over the last four games. I want to say you you scored over a hundred points in the last four games, and without taking many free throws. And uh, with no threes, but you individually, you played extremely well against the Mavs in 1988. I want to see if, what you remember from, from that particular series. Well, I just remember them being uh, very so kind of like us. You know, they were well-rounded. You know, it wasn't just one player that was giving them, you know, giving them the uh, the, the punch. You know, it was Derek Derek Harper and Roe Blackman and Roy Tarpley and. Uh, Herb, I think Herb Williams was on that squad as well. So 
they had a solid squad, but we had a solid squad too. Oh, absolutely. They, they, they probably dominated us inside because we weren't very big inside. We, we did have a uh, Blair Rasmussen and Danny Shays, but Roy Tarpley uh, uh, during that time was probably to me, one of the best big men in the league at that time. And, and he was uh, very dominant. But Ro Blackman and Derek Harper, they were the keys. They were the hard stop. Uh, so it was great fun, you know, playing in the old reunion arena and uh, staying there at the, uh, I think, what is that hotel? The Hyatt there with the ball on top. We could walk over to the arena. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, and who else? They had, uh, what's his name? Blonde-haired Davis. Uh, oh, Brad Davis. Brad Davis. Brad Davis was their point guard when Derek Harper wasn't in. So they were they were good. They were solid, and um, they they had a, a good call, a good quality coach as well. Yeah, that was a, a special time for Mavericks fans and and Nuggets fans too. You know, you guys were a very successful team. You know, at the end of the day, people just deems for the most part just couldn't seem to get past L.A. Um, I think maybe one of your teams probably would have gotten past LA. If, I think you had a, a thumb injury one of the, one of your years in Denver as well. I, I, I broke my thumb. Uh, Korean gave me an elbow to the, Oof. to the hand and broke my thumb in the joint. And I was done for the rest of the, uh, rest of the, the series. But obviously, you know, that, that whole decade, you were the most dominant scorer. You could make that argument for, for that 10 year span. So I, I thought that was so neat to, to read in my, in my research. And so your, your time in Denver ended in 1990 and then 1990 is when you came to Dallas. I wanted to see what, what factored in, into your decision to come here for your final year in the NBA. Well, I, I wanted to go back to Denver mm-hmm. and uh, Bernie Bickerstaff was a general manager there and, he was just a hard nose and he, you know, I guess he must've felt that I was at the end of my career and didn't want to sign, didn't want to sign me and keep me there. Uh, so I, I looked for offers outside of the, outside of the Denver Nuggets and, you know, Utah, which I like Jerry Sloan as well and probably should have gone to Utah, mm-hmm. but I chose Dallas because I like Dallas, the city. Okay. And, uh, I had a few friends on the team, so I went to Dallas because there was lots of potential there. I I don't think that, uh, and there's no no knock on Richie Adubato. I don't think he was the right coach for that squad because mm-hmm. we had we had a lot of older players, and you know he wore us down in practice, and I, I ended up having a hamstring injury some in training camp because of some of the work that we did and other guys got injured as well. So I, I never really got a chance to, to play my game in Dallas because I started with that injury that was hard to heal, but that squad, you know, that squad, we had lots of potential. And then Roy Tarpley had his issues with, you know, his drug issues and, you know, he got suspended. We were counting on him to be a big factor because at that time he was the most dominant big man in the game. In addition to his is his issues, I think he also um, he he tore his ACL early in the season, or maybe had some some sort that, of knee that, injury early in the he season. He ended up having an injury. That's right. Would you say that you know, obviously the season didn't live up your your one season in Dallas did not live up to your expectations. 
It did not. It did not. I uh, I enjoyed uh, the city. Uh, I didn't enjoy playing, uh, you know, the type of basketball that we played. Um, no, that, that's interesting. And, th- and thank you for sharing your, your honest opinion on that. I really appreciate it. Um, I, di- I have done an episode with one of your teammates from that team. He wasn't there very long, but uh, and I believe he also tried out with, for Denver at one point while you were there, a guy by the name of Howard Wright. Do you remember Howard? I remember Howard Wright. He made our squad for a minute. Yeah, he was there in Denver and then also uh, uh, for a couple 10-day contracts in, in Dallas as well for your season in Dallas. And so um, yeah. I, uh, I wanted to, to share something with you about him because I actually sent him a message yesterday. And I just wanted to see if he had any particular memories of you from, uh, from, his, time, from his time with you as a teammate. And he told me, I'm going to read his message here. He said, I tried out with the Nuggets and I got cut in 1989, but I'm still in awe of the grace and professionalism that Alex and Fat Lever showed to little undrafted rookies like me. So I thought that was a really nice thing to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was nice. You yeah. thank him for me. Uh, yeah, I'll be, sure to, I'll be sure to thank him for you. So yes. like, I, like I said earlier, I know that that was your, your final season in, in the NBA. What, what made you decide to, to call it a, a career at that point, at least from an NBA perspective? I know you did play one year overseas as well. Well, I didn't get many offers. Uh, and, you know, it was a little different at that time. You know, they, they, uh, the teams felt like you were uh, older even though I was in great shape, I felt like I could have played two or three more years in the NBA. I uh, didn't get any offers to come play, so I decided to to go and and play my last year in uh, in uh, Naples, Italy, which I enjoyed very much. Even though it wasn't the quality and the professionalism of the NBA, I enjoyed it because I got to experience a different country and its culture. Yeah, that would be that would be a good experience, and and a number of the uh, the guys I've talked to, you know, they they enjoy their their overseas experience too. Um, so I'm glad to hear that that you did as well. Um, <clears throat> I did. So yeah, 1992, your career wraps up, and I know you eventually worked your way into into some coaching. Were there any particular situations that you really enjoyed in, in your in your coaching career? I enjoyed my my time in Toronto, mm-hmm. uh, working with Sam Mitchell. You know, we went to the playoffs a couple of years and won the division one year. Uh, that was a that was a fun time because we had a lot of international players that uh, I, I got to know and enjoyed, and it was a it was a good year. Definitely, yeah. Toronto was successful during during your time there. They had some good years. So, so what what's kept you busy in the last uh, five years since uh, since your your coaching your coaching career? I've been doing a number of things. Uh, I've done some consulting work with the NBA and uh, working in China, uh, going to the NBA academies and and teaching young Chinese players and coaches how to coach and play. And uh, back home, I I am in the hemp business. I am a, a, a farmer. I grow hemp, the medicinal kind, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, we're, you know, we right now we're in our harvest season. Uh, and I enjoy that a, a whole lot. And this is in, in South Carolina? Yes, in South Carolina. Okay, wow, that's, that's really... Our company is called Green Smart, Green Smart Botanicals. Okay, cool. I, yeah, I was not aware that you were doing that. That's, that's, that's cool to hear. Um, mm-hmm. so, so I think I have just uh, one last question for you. And, and this is how I typically like to end these conversations when I'm speaking with, uh, with former Dallas Mavericks. And, but my, my final question is, um, so right now in front of me, I'm looking at the, the roster from the 1990-1991 Dallas Mavericks. There's, there's 15 names on it, including you. I wanted to see if you could name those those other fourteen names. Oh man! From, yeah, okay. from here, and you've already named some uh, of them, uh, and we and we've touched on some of them as well. So, let, let me see if I can. Okay. James Donaldson, mm-hmm. Herb Williams, Orlando Blackman, Derek Harper, Randy White, Rodney McRae, Fat Lever, Roy Tarpley. Oh, what's the big, there's a big, strong kid. I don't remember his name. And, and there's <laughs> another big white guy who was a center. Uh, I don't remember his name either. And then Brad Davis. Mm-hmm. Those two guys, I don't remember their names, but I can see, I can see their faces. <laughs> okay, so let's see. There's, uh, looks like there's... And then uh, the other guy was, and there was another, there's another white guy who was a center. Oh, uh, he's a, an agent now. So I'm missing two white guys and, and one black guy. I, I know <laughs> I can see their faces. So it looks like there's five uh-huh. total names that, that you have not give, named. Give me, the, give, me their, give me their first name. Okay, so we got Steve. Steve. He played oh, his college ball at Indiana. Oh, that's right, and he's the coach. Uh, Steve, 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 and he was <laughs> he was always in Richie's butt, always. <laughs> uh, Steve, 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 player of the year at Indiana, the high school player. Uh, yeah, I know, I know who you're talking about. I know yes. him. Yeah, yeah, you I got Steve, Steve Alford. You got him. Um, Steve Alford. And then one of the a couple of centers, I think you were missing. Oh, you just one of the first names. That's right. We got Jim. Jim, Jim, yeah, Jim, awkward guy, kind of tall. <laughs> uh, he's a, he's an, an agent now. Jim Grandholm. I might be mispronouncing his name. Jim Grandholm. Okay. That's right. Jim Graham. Jim Grandholm. And the other one was, I think he was from the ACC. We got a guy named John. Maybe. John, that's right. John uh, Shasky. Oh, Shasky. Yeah. I remember him and James Donaldson getting in a fight in practice and oh. blows, <laughs> and it was so funny to watch. John and then, Shasky. Um, a couple more, but one of them we've already mentioned. We mentioned Howard Wright earlier. He was briefly in Dallas Howard for a little Wright. while there. And then Kelvin Upshaw is the last one. Kelvin Upshaw, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. What a team. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, I enjoy learning more about Mavericks history. So anytime I have the, the chance to talk about it, uh, it's quite a thrill for me. But, um, you know, obviously, I, I'm like I said, I'm very appreciative of, of your time tonight, Alex. And 
thank you and, and thank your daughter for for coordinating this. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. You're welcome. Okay, You're well, welcome. Thank you. Of course, I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll send you guys a, an email once I have it online. So thank you so much. Okay. Okay. Have Thanks. a great night.